Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. And we originally were going to be um, connecting and recording last night, which was Halloween, but we've moved things a little around a little bit, and it's the night after. But did you have an eventful night, or was it pretty chill for you? Yeah. It's scary. Spooky. Man. It's spooky. Very spooky. All I know is, man, I'm about to bust into my kids' candy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they still went out, right? They did, man. It was, just, it was snowy. It was cold. But the kids got it done. But, you know, they're getting to the age of getting a little bit too old. But, you know what stinks for me, though, is I, I kind of still dig them bringing home bags of candy to me. So. Yeah, you're, you're not going to have that anymore. You're going to have to figure something out. You're going to have to, like, borrow somebody's kid. <laughs> I might have to borrow yours, Caleb. <laughs> Come up there and grab a kid. Come hey. on, you, you've already got more than one. Let's go. If, yeah. if you want to take them and keep them overnight, we might be able to work out a deal. Right. I mean, are you a, are you like one of those like Halloween guys that like digs through the candy bag and stuff and kind of like picks out your own what you look what you want and then leave the rest for your kids or Oh or yeah, kind of. You sneak it at night like when they go to bed. Just... Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, I kind of do both. But uh they didn't really go out necessarily trick or treating and I do air quotes with that right now. Um cuz our boy is so small or young, however you want to say it. He's not small for his age, I guess. Um, we just didn't know exactly how he would react. Our daughter would be fine with, like, all the different people dressed up and things like that. But we were out a couple weeks ago at some different places, and they have those, like, animatronic uh, things, wow. you know. And he, he got a little weirded out. So we're just like, ah, you know, we'll wait until next year just not to, like, scar him for life or anything so we had i mean they still had their outfits they got dressed up we gave them some candy and everything and uh stuff like that but they didn't really go out because then uh i don't know if it's if it's somebody who lives near our neighborhood or what but we've seen some of those pretty extravagant uh horror outfits before so yeah next year they will go out and get me candy though this year was more me getting candy for them and keeping for myself. <laughs> well, like I said, I go, you know, I usually go out and buy $75 worth of candy and only give the kids $10 of it. <laughs> Keep the rest for myself. Oh, yeah. You got to yeah. find that out. I, yeah. Do you do the um, the after Halloween sales for candy and or costumes then? or Sometimes, yeah, man. I mean, you got to you, know, you buy them. You know, buy bags because you got to, I mean, they're, they're, they have good sales, right? Oh, yeah. Anything has got like a bat on it or a ghost is going to be on sale. Yeah. We, um, or actually I went out today because I ha- I was looking for some stuff for another project that I was doing. And I was looking at the Halloween store and then dropped by Walmart and everything to check out what they had on sale. So I got some costume stuff, you know, to throw in the kids' uh dress up 
toy box or whatever. Yeah. And uh, but I didn't hit the can. Uh, I I just had a, a quick a uh, little bit amount of time while I was on uh, break from work, and I didn't see the candy right next to that, so I I didn't get to check that out. I'll have to go back tomorrow and see what's left. Yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, we'll I'll have to look through. Well, you know, only one of my sons went out, so you know I'm down to one kid now. Oh, get candy for me, yeah. But well, you know, it stinks being in East Lansing is I get a lot of the. The kids that really don't want to dress up, they just have leftover, like, uh, football outfits, like Sparty, because I live in East Lansing, and I get a lot of, like, Spartan football kids coming through. So, yeah, I got to live with that. You should have a separate bag for the kids dressed <laughs> up as Spartans and give them, like, toothpaste or... I thought about, like, giving them canned goods, like Hormel chili or some kind of, like, ladles of, like, ladle out some soup into their bag. <laughs> Know, something clam chowder into their bag just so here you go you kids like soup and just ladle it out <laughs> so nice yeah yeah so yeah it was a uh, kind of uneventful but you know halloween's halloween's you know halloween's not my gig so yeah not not so much for me either yeah. so. it was a little bit when i was in college I mean, a lot of people like you and I in our age, they just really get into it. And I'm just not really like that. So when I was in college and, you know, single and had more time to be more creative with things, I would do some stuff. But um, before right uh, here, we'll get going on the football talk in a second. But my our work had, you know, a costume competition and everything. And I went as I went with the classic office move and did the three hole punch, Caleb. Okay. You know that Jim did three right. hole, three hole punch Jim. Yeah. And uh I just called it good with that. I was just like I'm I I I either go all out or barely do anything at all. Right. If I'm going to do something, I'm going all out because, you know, being an artist you and I, I I have to overdo it. But <clears throat> too much work. I'm not getting up that early either. If I'm going to do a costume, I'm going to sleep in it. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a guy. Uh, last thing I mentioned, there's a, there's a new guy at our work, uh, not well, relatively new, and he's one of those all out people. And he turned his house into kind of like a haunted house thing where people walk around outside. He invites them, and he's got candy for the kids. And he's got, I think he said that he, I didn't, I didn't go because he's in uh, where he lives is in the other town, not too far away. But I think he has, uh, he's one of those people that has like alcohol for the parents. Then and so, uh, but he goes all out and he took, he had to come in a little bit on Halloween day because there was a project that needed to be finished. But then he took the day off after Halloween today because he had to clean up his house. Then. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, you know, I'm, that's like really committed. Yeah, that's committed. That's, that's just, man, no way. He's not awesome. Yeah, I might do it for Christmas. That's it. That's the only holiday that I might decorate a little bit, and that's it. Yeah. Everybody's got their thing, though. So, And our thing is Michigan football, right? Yep, always. Always. So uh, part of the reason why we had the little intro there, normally we don't spend too much time talking off topic, but for this uh, preview episode this week, we actually don't have any voicemail, so we were able to kick back and relax a little bit here as we – Start things off for this episode, uh, previewing Michigan's home game against Minnesota 
that happens to be another night game. Craig, how do you feel about that? Another night game this year. Man, I don't like – I've already said this before. I, You know, I understand one night game. I just don't like Michigan playing football at night. I just I, – <laughs> I'm one of those guys, I'm one of those fans that just think that Michigan just doesn't play as well at night. They're not used to it. So, yeah, it's cool looking. It's fun to watch. I have to admit, it's really fun to watch. But it's just one of those times where I just think Michigan sometimes I've seen way too many games on TV and in person that just makes me watch them and just watch Michigan struggle when they have teams at night because the other teams they're playing are used to playing at night a little bit more than they are. And so it's a little bit, uh, I don't know, way too many night games, I think, this year. So, yeah, I guess like, we had the night game with Michigan State at home. We had the night game at Penn State. Now this yeah. is a night game. And who's to say that Wisconsin's not going to be a night game? Um, so we're going to have to see. Uh, I, I don't really care for it either. As far as home games go, I think that I'm with you where it's like one night game a season. Uh, when it first was announced, I, I declared it as I feel the same way about night games as I do alternative or yeah, alternative jerseys. Do it once a year, and I'm a happy camper. But you do it more than that, then it's going to start being annoying. So, uh, But the, another thing to point out, too, is the night games that were previous – like uh, previous years back, like the Notre Dame games, and then even this year with the Michigan State game, those were earlier on in the season. I think yeah. Notre Dame was always in September. Michigan State was the beginning of October um, this year. So now here we are at the beginning of November, and it's getting cold, and you're making it late as if it's not difficult enough when you just have 330 games and then they wind up going after dark anyways. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of it, so that's yeah. starting off on the right foot with this conversation about this game, so. Yeah, well, we'll see, won't we? I just, uh, yeah, not the biggest fan. Yeah, it's not going to help me out because I don't think I'm going to be making it. I know that you, Craig, said you were going to be going, so. I'll be there. I'll definitely be at this game. No ifs, and or buts. I'll be there, so. Yeah, being at with, night. I'll be with family, yeah, so. You know, last game I was there at night was the Indiana game where it was like a blizzard. That was dreadful. Wait, you were at that game? Yeah, I was at that game. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah, because we caught each other before the game. That's what it was. Yeah, yep. And that was a blizzard and (laughs) snowed all the time. So um, hopefully this does not happen on this game. But, uh, you know. We'll see. Last I saw, the weather was supposed the it was supposed to be wet earlier in the day. Figures. Um, but let me try to see if I can pull that up here while we're talking. So, um, yeah, it says fifty-one degrees, sixty percent precipitation. Oh my gosh! And it's peaking at like seven thirty. <laughs> <laughs> rolling in the weather storms golly really <sighs> okay i don't believe it but there, it is wednesday night so there's still a couple of days for things to 
potentially there's always room for error there where sometimes they push it earlier, they push it later. So fingers crossed that that changes because, yes, I agree with you too that Michigan does not seem to play well at, in night games, especially this year. But I also really don't want a bad weather game for many reasons, one of which, which uh, this will kind of get us deeper into the conversation, is Brandon Peters uh, anticipated to probably start. He's going to be playing, that's been said, but I don't really see how he doesn't really start. And you want him to have, you know, a good, a normal game under his belt. You don't want to throw him out there into crazy weather conditions and just a weird random situation that he has to handle with on top of potentially being his first official start as a Michigan quarterback. So, yeah, well, I think I'm one of the, I'm, I'm thinking that, look, if you start Peters and he struggles, you ride with him. You just, you just gotta let he's, he's a red shirt freshman gonna have to ride or die with him and he's gonna make uh, rookie mistakes and that's to be expected um you have to remember is you know this is his first official start and it's gonna happen you know he sooner or later he might have a fumble or an interception but i'm okay with that you know as long as it's you know it, it, it happens but uh you get somebody like a corn and wilton spate that went through this it's kind of unreasonable to go to play that bad, especially a corn against Rutgers, and he's being a senior um, and being in the system quite a, you know a couple of years that um, that shouldn't have happened. But Peter's coming out and you know make, making rookie mistakes. I understand that. I can understand that a little bit more than seeing a senior make really bad mistakes than a, a freshman who's just starting. I, I, I don't think all these quarterback switches. Uh, especially Peters at this moment in time, because he could be the starter next year. You want to give him as much game time experience as possible. Um, even if he doesn't do very, if he's okay, he's not great. But you can't go back to a corn because well, corn was just—he's been awful. He's digressed, and the only way I see corn getting in this is if we have a really good hold of this game and then just put him in there. So, yeah, I agree. I. I agree with basically everything that you were saying. You know, give it to Peters. uh, Go with him as long as you can. uh, Unless, of course, everything completely falls apart, but I don't think it would get that bad. So, But especially anticipating that it's going to be poor weather conditions, at least to a certain extent, whether it rains before the game, during the game, or maybe towards the end of the game, you know, got to anticipate that there's going to be a lot of uh, running by both teams, which has shown to mostly be Michigan's strength, and that's actually the case with uh, Minnesota as well. They're not exactly known for passing the ball as much. Because uh, I was going to check here. They have 1,400 yards rushing, and they have 1,200 yards passing. So, I mean, kind of relatively evenly split, but they're definitely um, more on the rushing yards. And when you have a successful passing game, usually those numbers are quite quite a bit more. So, 
because uh, you can get some of the more big plays with the uh, passing game. But, yeah, they're – man, I just hope people hold on to the ball. I don't want another Minnesota or Michigan yeah. State game. But uh, it's probably not going to be tsunami, that's for sure. So um, if Peter keep Peters keeps playing the way that has been, and if the running game can be as uh, – I mean, it doesn't have to be as productive as it was last time, what, over 300 yards rushing for the team, um, but just productive enough that everything doesn't have to rest on him, I'll be happy with this, perform- uh, this game because – uh, what he was doing last time that I mentioned in the last episode, he was getting rid of the ball in roughly two and a half seconds um, after it was snapped, which is really good, which is something you didn't see really at all with O'Corn <clears throat> or Spate. Uh, so if he can keep that up and the entire team, normally I would just say just seeming like the offense rallied behind him, but the entire team seemed to rally after he got in. I've got decently high hopes for this game. Um, honestly, I think the weather worries me more than who they're playing. Right. But, um, but yeah, what are your thoughts then with the, uh, what Minnesota presents in this game as an opponent? Well, the only thing, like you were talking about Minnesota's offense, especially the passing game is in, it's similar Rutgers. It's very anemic and it's. Not ne- <clears throat> not necessarily their strong suit. In fact, um, it's really really bad. But um, not as bad at Rutgers, but it's not good at all. But uh, I think they have a quarterback in Croft who's going to be probably in there more likely. Uh, he, I think he's four t- touchdowns, four interceptions, so he's average. Uh, I know he didn't play very well against Iowa. Um, but uh, I think one of the th- strong suits, as you're going to see with Minnesota, is their defense. In fact, they, I think they held Wadley under 100 yards. Wadley at the Iowa is the Iowa star uh, running back who burned us last year. Um, and they held him for under 100 yards. So I expect Minnesota. You, this Basically, you know what this game's coming down to? And you mentioned was the weather, what the weather's going to do. If we can hold on to that ball and not turn the ball over. And if it's wet and slippery and two, Minnesota, they're going to trust me. They're going to go after Peters. They're just going to test him and they're going to go after you get a true freshman in there and a defense like Minnesota, who's pretty good. They're pretty good defense. Um, They're going to really go after Peters and put a lot of pressure on him to win the game. Um, And then they're just going to stuff the run like they did Wadley. Wadley, he had a touchdown in the Iowa game. And Iowa end up winning, but uh, Minnesota's defense is no joke. They're pretty good, and I expect them to stifle um, the run. You see, my thing is if Peters can't get going like he did in the Rutgers game, it opens up so much for the running game, doesn't it? I mean, we saw so many holes. You saw that secondary Rutgers just move back another five yards, and that's all we need. That's what we needed. This offensive line, I have to tell you, is actually getting better. It got better during the game. They actually oh, – there's a lot more holes. The blocking was a little bit better. Even, like you said, Peters was able to – thank God the kid's able to throw it quickly. But the offensive line did okay job. They're okay. They're not great, but they did okay. And I think that's great news for Michigan. If Peters can get off, you know, some good throws, then that opens up the running game. But uh, we can't pass this ball. 
then Minnesota is just going to capitalize on the defense and just stack the box and stop us and stifle the run. So, yeah. Uh, to put things a little bit in perspective for people here, uh, some of the common opponents that Minnesota has had that Michigan's played, uh, they were on the road at Purdue earlier this season, and they wound up losing that game 17-31. to 31. And then uh, they also have played Michigan State. That was a home game for them, and they lost that one 27 to 30. So um, I know the Purdue game doesn't really show up, but they can be a relatively uh, competitive team. They don't – their losses are not by a lot. I'm not seeing, other than, oddly enough, the Purdue game, they've only been losing by seven points. Right. Um, so they're PJ Fleck knows how to keep them competitive and keep them in games. Maybe not so much, uh, how to finish games, but if you let a team linger around enough, you never really know what's going to happen. And we saw what happened a few years back when we played at night at Minnesota and, uh, you know, both teams kept a tight game and everything. And honestly, it looked like it was going to go into overtime or Minnesota was going to win it. And the defense stepped up and ended that. So you just never know when it's a close game like that. And, I mean, I'll go back to the Indiana game, uh, which should have been ended in regulation. That's been yeah. kind of uh, not the Achilles heel, but a huge problem for Michigan is just – Finishing the game. Just end it. Get it over with. Don't leave the door open. Slam it shut. Put your foot on their throat. End it so that we can get a backup quarterback in or whatever. Um, so hopefully that will be the case this weekend. Uh, that they will be able to, that Michigan will be able to have more of a larger margin of victory. I know that it was one game, it was Rutgers, and it was good weather, and so it's uh, not the easiest calculation, but Michigan finally scored more than 30 points again, uh, and Minnesota has had the same drought where they have not been uh, scoring close uh, over 30 points for a while. So I think it's a very good opportunity that uh, the Michigan defense, which looks to have the team rebounded from the Penn State loss, but you also kind of feel like the defense got their mojo back. Yeah. Uh, I know that Rutgers put up 14 points, but I think that this will be another good game for them to uh, to just, you know, take it to Minnesota on the field and uh, play dominating defense once again. Yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, the thing, the thing about the defense has been <laughs> – is one you know obviously Michigan likes to go in the man to man defense so and that's great and it works and Don Brown has done a great job in using that and disguising certain aspects of that because he'll switch to a hybrid kind of like a zone defense once in a while if it's needed but he likes the man to man he likes the matchups um, but uh, you know what this has been almost we're talking about two two straight games or a couple games now where we've the Michigan has been burned on the read option with the quarterback. And that kind of concerns me because you get a quarterback that knows how to run and run well, or you get a wildcat going 
we got burned by that in the Rutgers game. And, you know, sometimes the misdirection plays burn some of our uh, defensive backs and our linebackers. So that's a little concerning that, you know, the tackling needs to clean up a little bit. But um, I, I liked how we rebounded in the second half. And, and you're right. It's almost like when Peters came in, the defense got much better. I mean, did you get that feeling? I did. It felt like the defense got better. It felt like everything got better. <laughs> like you even said, the offensive line blocking was better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, but yeah, those little, you know, it seems like some of these teams have taken a playbook from what Michigan State did and said, hey, you know what? Michigan's vulnerable when they get in that man-to-man by quarterbacks that can run and just roll out and read option out, and they can burn you for another, you know, 10, 15 yards, and and if they're at the, you know, in the red zone, I would always watch that read option play because that's where Michigan can get into in trouble. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But uh, I expect Minnesota to kind of similar to do what Rutgers did was try to run the ball and try to run it a lot. <laughs> yeah, and they'll see if they can find their success. But with the strong defense that we have and with Don Brown, got to feel comfortable with that. So, yeah. Um, who do uh, it's, I know that we've been saying a lot with the, uh, running game for Michigan, but for kind of a outstanding performer for this game, who do you think is going to help lift the Michigan offense, um, up for this game? I kind of want to say to victory, but getting ahead of myself, but who, who do you think is going to help lead the Michigan offense? Because uh, it is kind of a unique situation. I know the big if factor is weather, but um, who's a player that you're going to be watching for this? Um, well, the easy one to say is obviously is Higdon's been very, very doing incredibly well as our main. He's kind of taken over the uh, running back position and throwing in Isaac in there has been really good, you know, so, but I'm not sure if Walker can get in there. I think he's still a little banged up, but I mean, I'm going to go with the obvious choice and that's Peters. I think Peters is going to be the guy that's going to lead us down to score. Even if Peters doesn't even throw a touchdown to get, lead us down to the red zone, you know, to the five or 10 yard line and we'd run it in for a touchdown. I'm cool with that. At least drive I want to see if he can drive sustainable drives, get the drives going, you know, move from, you know, the 20 all the way down to the red zone and see if Peters can do that on each one. He doesn't have to do it on everyone, but to see if we can actually have some kind of every time a corn or even Wilton Spate got the ball, it seemed like that every time I'd go, I don't think we're going to be able to even get 20 yards on this. And we never, we had really had a hard time doing that. So, but I, I feel good about Peters. I think because I feel good about Peters because he's a very calm guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't seem like a corner always felt like when, once you rat, he gets rattled, he gets very happy feet in the pocket. And so he gets a little bit scared and skittish and Peters seems very calm. And I felt that way when I saw him in the spring game, just he's level headed, nothing really gets to him. And I think that's what you want to, Michigan at quarterback, even though he's not a very uh, boisterous leader. Um, I think he'll get better at that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree with that. And I'm kind of going to go maybe a little different route. I'm not going to so much say a specific person, 
But I think that the tight ends might be able to play a big role in this game because yep. it seemed like Peters connected well with them. Yep. I know that he had um, the touchdown pass to Chris Evans, but uh, Sean McKeon had three receptions last game. Uh, Tyrone Wheatley got involved. Zach Gentry got caught one. So I'll be interested to see if Peters focuses on the uh, tight ends for being able to right. move the ball down the field, be those dependable receivers, um, and be able to catch those short passes and, you know, march down the field when the ball needs to be passed. Because even if it is a uh, poor weather condition game, there will be some instances that will call for passing the ball. And yeah, uh, I, I, I think, and we've talked about them from time to time, but I just think that the tight end position has proved to be very valuable in the absence of all the receivers that were lost last year. So I'm really excited to see. And I, I say it a lot. I think McKeon's been great. And it seems like, I don't know if it was just the routes he was running, but it seems uh, he was the, uh, highest target for Peters. So, yeah, it should be uh, an interesting game if there's much of a passing him real at all. Whether, uh, uh, and and I think you know it's a really good pick that you you know I like what you said with the tight ends and seeing Peters if he can connect with them. And you know, I there's one little fact about Minnesota is. Um, uh, they did burn. I'd look for them to pick on. There's a corner. There's a cornerback on the Minnesota team um, that they had to burn his red shirt <laughs> because they have way too many injuries. And I believe his name's uh, Just Justice Harris. He's a corner. It, he as soon as he burned his red shirt, Iowa just picked on him, <laughs> and he's not ready to start. He's just they don't have a choice. But uh, the kid played as well as he could. But I expect maybe Jim Harbaugh and the staff are going to be looking his way. And it'll be interesting to see where that kid lines up, what, uh, who he's going to be guarding. And I expect maybe them to pick on him too. Yeah, um, it's good for you to bring that up because I, I've seen that as well where Minnesota has had issues with injuries. So they are kind of – trying to hold everything together as best as they can. So, um, yeah, I did, I was not aware that they put him in, but I'm sure that the coaches will try to capitalize on situations like that and everything. So I, um, Oh, where was I? I was looking at the, uh, the quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, have you seen, have you seen their quarterback situation, which has been pretty interesting? Well, I know, I did talk about Demery Croft. Um, he's like, he, he's average. He's okay. He isn't great. And I think I said earlier he had four touchdowns and four interceptions so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're having a little issues at quarterback. So Yeah, it's pretty crazy because. Well, they had, yeah, Leidner last year, right? They had Leidner last year. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure it was last year. But, uh, I mean, you know, just for some quick numbers on the quarterbacks that have played multiple games for Michigan, uh, John O'Corn, 
bait, sitting at 55-54 completion percentage, you know, nothing too special to throw out there. But then they've been using two quarterbacks. Uh, Croft has played five games. Uh, Rhoda, I believe is how you say his name, or Rada, uh, has played six games. Uh, he's got 54% completion, but then Croft only has 42% completion. <laughs> yeah, I heard saw that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Croft only at 5.4 yards an attempt. Yeah, that's that's. Oh, yeah, Rada is sitting at 7.7 yards in attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, nothing too bad, nothing too crazy there. But then um, both of them rough with their um, touchdown to interception ratio because uh, one sits at 4-4 four and four and the other one's at 5-4. and four. Right. So, yeah, just the quarterback uh, position – really not in a great place so can obviously see why they have been leaning more towards the running game yeah i mean they're averaging 156 yards average for the season that's about where michigan is i guess where we are where that's more actually a little bit better than that but yeah that's pretty bad too but 156 yards average on the season but uh i think they're total yardage is 338 total so yeah you're talking about heavy duty uh on the running game for minnesota against michigan so i try to expect that so i think the defense is going to get tested i think you know michigan is going to be ready for this uh you know what what do you i'll ask you this is what do you see once you see like peters getting the official start do you think this defense will be like you know, revved up or like more of like, you know what we get, we're getting a guy that it, this is a handpicked recruit by Jim Harbaugh that he handpicked that he get recruited to come to Michigan to play in this system. Do you think the defense feels that, you know what I mean? Like they are excited for this, that we actually going to get a guy who, who, you know, has a good eye for the ball, good progression. Let's go with the ball. Pretty easy, calm, cool, collected. Um, what do you think? Um, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but it does seem that there is a different feeling with Peters at quarterback. So I don't know if it's just the difference between John O'Corn and Peters or that factor that you were saying where, you know, this was one of the recruits that was picked by Jim Harbaugh. I'm not sure. It's. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, it could very well just simply be that the offense is more productive and has been more balanced with him in there. Therefore, the team as a whole feels more confident. Right. Um, so that helps um, everybody perform better. So, Yeah, I mean, to see if Peter's if he does make a mistake, how he handles it is what I'm always expecting you know, from a Michigan quarterback and to see what kind of kid this is. The only sample I got was in that spring game. I I know I keep harping back to that, but, you know, he did throw a pick six, but I watched him afterward. He was still calm, still still cool and collected, and he still had a great game after that pick. And so I thought that was really something. I know it's just a spring game. It's, you know, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but I thought that was really – 
evident in that and watching them. And it would be interesting to see when a mistake happens. I hope not, but if it happens, to see how Peters handles handles it. I think he'll handle it pretty well. So I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, sure. Nope, that's not what I wanted. Something kind of interesting to point out. I don't know. I, I've never really known how much this kind of affects things. Um, I, we talked about it a little bit when Michigan State had their first "quote unquote" true road game um, of the season at Michigan State, or I mean at at Michigan Stadium. Um, and for it to be, I believe it was their biggest venue then for playing at. But I don't know what this might count for or anything, but Minnesota has not played at, you know, too impressive of uh, football stadiums this year because the highest attendance that they've had for any game was at Iowa where they had 66,000 people. So um, it it could be interesting. This is not particularly a very young team. I mean, so chances are there were guys on this team uh, several years ago too, who have played at the big house and, and all that. So I, and, and that's, you know, that's something that I would be kind of interested in hearing people's take on. I know that'd be different for Michigan football players because it's their home stadium, but I'm just kind of curious, you know, if you're a new uh, fresh player and you haven't played at Michigan Stadium before, is there any kind of a factor? Does that does that affect you? And I know every player is going to be a little bit different, but um, there's that to kind of point out. But something interesting to also mention is that for third down conversion percentage, uh, Minnesota is actually losing that um, yeah. compared yeah. to their opponents. They're at thirty five, uh, just under thirty six percent, at thirty five point seven, and then their opponents are just over over thirty six percent at thirty six point two. So that uh, hopefully works for Michigan. Hopefully, their third downs they're able to convert, as uh, Minnesota is showing that they're unable to stop teams very well on third downs. Because uh, then Michigan sits at uh, converting 32% while only allowing 23%. I find this rather interesting, and we'll see how this goes. I don't have information on exactly when they decided to go for this. But both Michigan and Minnesota for fourth downs are sitting at a conversion percentage of 72.7%. Yeah, not bad. And they both have attempted 11 times and have completed eight times. Yeah. So I have not um, watched a ton of tape on Minnesota. I've seen some, but I haven't seen all the games through and everything and all the different um, scenarios that they get put in. So I don't know if that's some uh, trick stuff that they put in there. Have you seen anything of that, if it's just been short yardage (laughs) or if they've tried to uh, be tricky on any of that? Yeah, I mean, well, we're talking about Fleck, who, yeah, I've seen a couple games on him, and yeah, they do, you know, often sometimes try to get, like I was talking about the read option, they'll maybe do, you know, the quarterback going, or, you know, if the offense is anemic, they try to run the ball, or try to do some reversals, or things, misdirections, things like that. I can see Fleck doing that against this team. Um, if they If he sees that 
the offense can't move passing the ball, I'd see Fleck doing that. But yeah, he's that kind of guy. Just knowing his days at Western and um, yeah, Minnesota is not a very impressive team to watch, even though they keep these games close. Their defense is no joke. It's pretty good defense. Trust me, their defense is much better than Rutgers. Um, so yeah, they rely on a lot on their defense, but, uh, and the running game, but, um, yeah, they're not bad. I just, I'm, I'm used to seeing Minnesota move the ball, passing it because of last, you know, the last couple of years I've seen them, but, uh, this year they're, eh, they don't really have that. They had some quarterback troubles going. So, well, so did we, <laughs> so, um, but, uh, we'll see. Yeah, their defense is better at stopping the run than the pass. Um, Put this in perspective for you. Uh, Michigan has only allowed its opponents to put up 833 rushing yards and uh, just over 1,200 passing yards. Minnesota has allowed uh, just over 1,000 rushing yards. And for passing yards, they're uh, just under 1,500. So, I mean, uh, not too bad. I mean, we're talking about Michigan defense, which is, you know, one of the top-rated defenses. Uh, so they're they're not going to be running the same numbers. But, yeah, like you said, it's, it's more of a defensive team than an offensive team. And they haven't played the same opponents that we have yet, but yeah. they're putting up uh, about the same amount of points as we are and keeping their opponents really close uh, – Scoring because Michigan is putting up 26 points a game, only allowing 18. And Minnesota putting up 25 points a game, only allowing 18.8 for their opponents. Right. So, so, so yeah, de- uh, defensively minded team. P.J. Fleck knows how to get them motivated. Uh, I kind of was expecting a little bit more from them this year. I mean, they're they're in all these games, but they just haven't been able to close them. So we do kind of anticipate there's a decent chance. I mean, we say this all the time. When people play Michigan, they always throw the best that they have on the table. Like, they'll throw some extra trick plays that they've never used in there uh, sometimes and just try to see if it's a close game, if they might be able to uh, get the crazy upset. And uh, P.J. Fleck had that little jab at Michigan um, (laughs) a couple weeks ago, which I kind of feel like maybe I I didn't see the video. I saw the quote. I think it was perhaps more of I, he was, he was going to be facing Michigan state. And so they were talking to him about Michigan state. And he said something along the lines of, I think it's more unnormal now to expect Michigan to win uh, in that rivalry game. Like, it's right. more normal to have Michigan State win than it is to have Michigan win. Now, so he's about to go up against Michigan State, so he's not giving Michigan State, you know, billboard material or uh, locker right. room material. Kind of giving them a little bit of love. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah. you know, is it is it more of avoiding uh, issues with Michigan State or was it more of a jab at Michigan? I'm not entirely sure, but I know plenty of people have been bringing that up, and you yeah, I anticipate the players are thinking about it and talking about it. So that little extra heat there and uh, should, I'm hoping, uh, prove for a good <laughs> maybe game. Maybe we'll use it. Yeah, maybe we'll use it as uh, locker room talk. So, but Michigan as it stands in the Big Ten right now is ninth. 
ranked in offense and they're 11th in passing offense in the Big Ten. So not too good through eight games. Yeah, well, when you have – is that just Big Ten games, conference games? Yeah, just Big Ten, yeah. Yeah, well, even still, even when uh, when you have teams like Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah, just putting up ridiculous numbers, of course, yeah. Yeah, just – And Wisconsin, yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah, it's – it's getting better, but, um, you know, it's an interesting, you know, even Harbaugh's, clear, you know, throwing a little bit of, you know, it's in, he, 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 Jim Harbaugh just, he always has something that keeps like the social media going and the fan base always scratching their head or, you know, like what's going on. Just the whole, I'm not sure who's going to start. Maybe Peters will start. He's he more likely to be the starter. He's fifty-one percent gonna start. It's just, <laughs> I just man, I don't, Jim, man, you just, you know, you can't even, he can't even say, yeah, definitely, he's the starter. He's our quarterback going forward. It, it, he's always got something, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't. Your head makes you go, come on, dude. <laughs> oh, I don't know if he can ever really give a straight answer for anything. I don't expect it uh, ever. You know, you might as well just face it. That's Jim Harbaugh. That's the way he works. So. Yeah, uh, I think everybody was kind of confused by that. But, you know, I mean, like we've said, it's Jim Harbaugh. So um, what could Minnesota do to cause problems for Michigan and potentially, you know, go for that upset win? What do you see was the – is the greatest area that Minnesota Minnesota could capitalize on? Well, basically stuff, you know, do the best you can stop on the run in our offensive line, getting to Peters, get, applying a lot of pressure and having the rookie, you know, the rookie quarterback make some mistakes. And that's usually what most teams do when you have a, a first starter. I mean, this is going to be his first official start at quarterback and, even uh, even if Jim Harbaugh said he was thought Peters would probably be starting after the Penn State game, anyways, I don't know about that, but um, I expect Minnesota to bring the hammer on Peters and and test the rookie, and you know, and I I I want the right tackle position to block well, so give him a little bit of time. But like you said, I want to see if Peters can that pocket collapses what he can do. He's shown that he can actually can throw the ball very well on the run. And at Rutgers, so, um, but uh, that's what I expect. Um, but uh, you know, that's what if he can get the Peters and force some troubles, and we can't run the ball, um, then we're going to see like a, a similar game to Rutgers in the beginning, where it's going to be close. I think their Minnesota's offense struggles; they struggle also. But uh, that's what Minnesota can do. Is <clears throat> I always, I never put, I always. Fleck bothers me because he's such a crafty guy. You know, he's kind of, he's very hyper. He's a crafty guy, and I see him pulling out all anything out of his hat to win this game, even if it's trick plays and crazy stuff like that. I can see him doing stuff like that to win. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I definitely would say that too. Where I believe it starts up front, and um, just them being able to limit the Michigan running game. So if if that, I think is their best bet, unless, you know, crazy amount of turnovers and things like that, 
um, some kind of fluke or insane thing. But, um, but yeah, uh, that if Michigan can control that uh, and just be productive enough where the game is not on Peter's shoulders, I think it should be okay. Uh, and then it will be the difference between a close game, a close win, or maybe a larger win. So, um, all right, let's go into lock it or dump it for this week. And, uh, before we go into the specific questions, Michigan is right now a 15 and a half point favorite. The over under is set at 41. Uh, you ready to hit these questions then? Sure. All right. So first one up is that. Uh, Higdon will be the leading rusher once again this week. Lock it or dump it? I will lock it. All right. I'm going to be right along there with you on that because he's just shown himself. I know it was kind of back between him and Isaac there for a little bit, but Higdon has just been tearing it up. So I think that he will do well again this week. Um He's on his hot streak having over a thousand career rushing yards. So um next one, Brandon Peters will throw for over two hundred yards. Wow. Oh uh you know what? Since he threw to one twenty four and he didn't even start, I will lock that too. All I right. think he will. I think they're gonna need to. I think they're really gonna need to, and I think he's gonna surprise people, so Going with the double lock. Well, I'm actually going to dump that one. Uh, and the main thing is because of the weather. Okay. So I think that they're going to, you know, play it safe, limit the passing. Um, but as I've been saying, hopefully it's not going to turn into another Michigan State scenario. Uh, last one then that we have here, the Michigan defense will force more turnovers than the Minnesota defense. And Minnesota's turned over or caused a few turnovers. But again, like I said, the yeah. quarterbacks have been two and a half. I think they're two and a half okay. uh, per game, which is pretty good. That's a really good number for Minnesota. And I think we're at one and a half, something like that. So yeah, that'll be interesting. So I'll say Michigan. I'll lock that. Lock it up again. So I will, actually disagree with you again because I will dump that in thinking that they will either just have the same amount or something will happen and the weather will be bad and there'll be some dumb fumble or I don't know. I'm I'm just not getting over this whole poor weather conditions for another night game kind of a thing. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, ready for final predictions then? I am. All right, let's get into it. Um, I think I went first last time, so I'll go ahead and let you lead things off here. Well, going for the Little Brown Jug. Um, this will be a big game for us because I think we want to keep the jug. It's at Michigan. It's at night. I'll be there. I'll be watching the whole game. Can't wait. Um, I think uh, Peters would do well. Um yeah, the weather kind of concerns me if it's raining and a little bit slippery that the ball slip out a little bit. So hopefully it's more on them and not on us. But uh, I think Michigan can score. You get that offense rolling with the passing game, it opens up so much for Higdon and 
uh, this running game that we've actually been doing really, really well the past couple games. Um, and I see that happening. So I will give Michigan 34, and I will say Minnesota will have 21. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I'm a little bit surprised by how much that you're giving Minnesota. <laughs> right. I mean, I yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not too far off from you. I I think that even if the we- even if the weather's bad, I'm almost gonna say that it can't touch how insane it got for the Michigan State game. But I think that Michigan will be able to be productive running and passing enough to be able to go up and down the field. I um, I'm gonna be. A uh, little bit more leaning to the Michigan defense getting it done. Um, I was I was kind of torn on what to give Minnesota. Again, going back to the weather conditions, uh, so I'm not sure exactly how successful the kicking game is going to be for either team. Uh, so I am going to I'm giving them ten points. I'm going to say Minnesota puts up ten points, and uh, Michigan keeping it alive for two weeks in a row. I'm going to say that they're going over 30 points uh, just barely and putting up 31. So getting four touchdowns and one uh, field goal for good measure. Yeah. I'm good to see if Nordine gets his kick thing going. You know, I know he's been struggling a little bit, but uh, get his confidence up. It'll be good to see him get back on track. So, yeah, for sure. I um, I stated it, and I don't know if I said it afterwards in our episode or not. I was a little surprised when they had a chance for a field goal that they opted to go for it right. last game instead of trying to get um, Nordine back on back in his groove. But you know, yeah. everything changes week to week, so uh, it could be fine, and uh, we'll just kind of have to watch and see how it goes. So. Um, before we let you all go, I uh, always want to share with you the ways that you can contact us this week. We, like we mentioned, we didn't have any voicemails, gave us kind of a chance to have a little chill intro there and everything. But if you guys ever want to contact us, uh, email is blue brothers, sportscast at gmail.com Twitter. We're on there pretty much daily at blue bros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. So at B L U E B R O S underscore then either my name Caleb or Craig and then uh, the voicemail always feel free to call in thoughts on the games or questions that you want to ask um, 551-258-3276 easy to remember because it is 551 blue bro Craig anything before we end things off here Nope. Just, I'm going to need some jackets for the the game. Can't wait. Going to be at night. So, get to be with my family, and hopefully Michigan comes out with a win. I think they will. I'm very confident of it. Confident of Peters. It'll be good to see what this uh, redshirt freshman does. You know, it'll be interesting to see if um, even um, Nico Collins gets in there. It'd be kind of interesting. So, it'd be good to see him out there playing because he's such a mismatch at six five i believe he is so yeah he'd be good to get in there and get this uh receiving core going 
Yeah, we might see more of that. We saw more uh, underclassmen play uh, against Rutgers, so we'll have to see how that goes moving forward with players uh, such as him and Kareem Walker. So we shall see. But, um, but yeah, if you're going to the game like Craig is, make sure to dress warmly, and hopefully it will not be a wet game. But uh, weekend's almost here. Football's almost back. We'll finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.